Howdy. What's up? It's the, it's the fight site. You're listening to an alternate commentary, a very special alternate commentary. This is the second of our top five greatest UFC fights of all time series. Uh, so for each of those top five fights, you have a breakdown article and a commentary video. So as, as that suggests, there is an article uh, for the fight that we're watching, which is uh, Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero 2 from UFC 225. The first fight in the series was Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje. And uh, you can find that article on thefightsite.com. And you can find the, the uh, video on Patreon and the audio on any podcast platforms. Uh, it's just under alternate commentary, Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, the Patreon, all of the videos on there that we have, all the exclusive paywalled stuff, $3 to get to all of it. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. There's a ton of content on there. We really loaded up. Uh, and there are tiers beyond that for like Discord access and you know, request tiers and all sorts of stuff. Uh, check it out. Check it out. See if there's anything that interests you. But I'm here with the author of our uh, Robert Whitaker, your Romero 2 article, Shriram. What's up, dude? I'm good. Um, excited for the fight. I mean, I've already watched it a couple times, obviously, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, might see something new. Yeah, the last time I watched this fight uh, was either for the article I did on either Yoel or Rob about, like, the takedown the takedown defense, yeah. or it was the time when someone on Twitter <laughs> said that Yoel Romero has no defense, uh, and I <laughs> made a bunch of clips from this fight uh, of him having good defense. So it was one of those, but it's been a bit. Yeah, it's a great fight. And uh, I mean, kind of an exhausting watch in a sense, because, you know, Mm -hmm. very dramatic and not one of those that you just put on for fun, if that makes sense. But yeah, uh, great fight. Emotionally draining. Incredibly, especially if you care about Whitaker, (laughs) which everyone should. So let's let's set the stage a little bit. What's the uh, what's the context for both guys coming into this fight? Where are they in their careers? What were some of the questions that were in the air? Uh, so Romero was, as he's been for pretty much his entire UFC career, older than he probably should be at this point. Um, you know, for someone who's hitting the belt. Too old for his age. Yeah, I believe he was 41 <laughs> for this. Yeah. Way too old to be a contender in a decent division. And middleweight doesn't tend to be a great division overall, but the top is pretty murderous. Um, but in the first fight, when he was only about a year younger, uh, he gave Whitaker a pretty tough fight in terms of injuries. Uh, Whitaker was out for about a year, I believe over a year, about 13 months, uh, between Whitaker Romero 1 and Whitaker Romero 2. Uh, between that, he rehabilitated his knee, obviously, uh, and he got uh, some sort of stomach infection that canceled the um, the fight he was supposed to have against Luke Rockhold. Uh, Romero filled in, knocked Rockhold out, looked way better than he ever had before as a boxer, and this was not a fight that I think a lot of people thought would be super interesting going in. You know, Whitaker, the younger guy, uh, Romero, the older guy who lost the first fight, that's not usually a great combination, but uh, it worked out brilliantly this time because Romero is incredibly special. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about the things that worked for Yellow Romero. Uh, obviously, the stomp kick to the knee was a huge factor in the first fight because that's what jacked up Rob's knee. Um, also, just uh, in, in open stance, he was doing a really good job kicking round uh, hard to the body and head and the legs, honestly. Um, he, he had a bit of counter-punching in there, a lot, some overhand counters. Um, his reactive shots uh, were mostly what was doing it for him, but he's actually, you know, being the athlete he is and, and the level of wrestler he is, obviously his reactive double is good, but he doesn't really drive on it. Um, so he was, like, running into Rob's hips a lot of the time and trying to scramble up from his knees, and it led to some really competitive wrestling exchanges. 
And uh, I think he uh, kicked out his, his legs uh, with, with some uh, mat returns from rear standing as well. So he had a lot of success wrestling, I might say, you know, considering how good Rob is at not being wrestled. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just couldn't keep up a pace, you know, got hit in the body a lot. Uh, got jabs a decent amount, and uh, there was a lot of that, a lot of that snap pitch to the body that did a lot of work for Rob. So, um, yeah, it's just he he went hard early, and uh, it just couldn't keep it up. And I think it was really the wrestling that tired him out, was because the way he was wrestling was really exhausting. Not just because inherently wrestling makes him tired. I think those are just really tough situations to be in, and he just couldn't keep it up. Yeah, it's also tricky just because all the wrestling situations he couldn't really turn it into a ton of damage. Um, he did get Whitaker down a couple times, as you mentioned, those reactive shots did a lot of the lifting, and uh, we saw, like, it's a suspicion that people have with Whitaker's darting style that it's somewhat vulnerable to reactive shots, and this is the only mm -hmm. fight where that's really been a thing, uh, and, you know, it's Yolo Romero, so it's impossible for yeah. no one, like, everyone's vulnerable to a reactive shot from that dude, but, um, yeah, when they were on the ground, Whitaker just locked him down and survived, uh, for the most part, I think he got, like, a butterfly thing later, but, um, yeah, Whitaker mitigated damage super well, and that pretty much made wrestling like kind of useless for uh, for Romero if he couldn't keep it up for like the entire fight. Uh, it was what I called in the article a Pyrrhic victory, which is a, a, a really pretentious way of saying it won him the rounds, but it lost him the fight. Um, and yeah, the striking didn't go super well for Romero outside of that stomp kick. The first exchange in that fight, I think, was like he used the stomp kick to set up a hook kick, but other than that, it wasn't anything super great from him he really developed between those fights which is crazy to say for a 40 year old mm -hmm. so before we start i would say the questions for yoel are how can he conserve more energy while not you know getting chewed up by by rob on the outside how can he avoid you know eating a lot of volume while not trying to do too much um because whitaker is going to continue to lead continue to lead continue to lead so if you react to everything the way he was then you're going to get tired so he had to figure out a way not to do that um it you know, not even remotely in the same way, but conceptually kind of similar in the same problems. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Max Holloway between the first and second fight, that that was kind of the same question, right? He's like, I got to be better with my energy conservation, but this guy is going to keep throwing stuff at me, and I like to counter. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, I, I think it's a similar question. Uh, there, there are similarities in the answers as well, but obviously the way they do it is so different. Um, so yeah, if you're following along uh, on a podcast platform and not watching the video, uh, shame stupid. on you. You should be watching the video. It's so much easier to just watch our video with us. And my face is on it. So if you like my face, it's there. It's a bonus. It's a plus. And uh, yeah, but if you're not, if you're following along on your own Fight Pass, uh, we're paused at 3.51 on the video on Fight Pass. And then we'll do a countdown. We'll say three, two, one, go. And then on go, we'll all hit play. And we'll begin and we'll tell you like what time is on the clock if that's helpful for you stuff like that so shriram do you have any uh any words before we begin uh not really i think we covered the first fight pretty well um whitaker is the fact that he survived this fight and is still a thing is insane and we'll see that as the fight uh, ends uh, cool so, yeah. you want to count us down then uh three two one go the and they're gloves. touching gloves. There we go. Uh, 56 on my clock. Yeah. As I said that. Uh, so right away, it's Whitaker who, who tries to be more active with the stomp kick. He didn't learn it from Yoel. He actually has done that before this fight, but uh, smart of him to uh, get some uh, 
know, volume kicking in there that isn't easy to counter because he's leaning back and also hard to shoot on because if you, you know, lower your level to shoot on him, you're just going to get jammed even harder in the knee. It's also harder to walk through for the same reason if Whitaker mm-hmm. or if Yoel were to try to charge through it. Uh, one thing that people noticed right away is that Romero's unorthodox in this fight. Uh, he mm-hmm. did a lot of successful things with his jab uh, later in the Rockhold fight, which might have been something that influenced it, but the game that he played here, it probably was actionable from Southpaw. Uh, we'll see later in the fight what his plan was, but uh, for that so reason... You see. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Whitaker's working off his lead leg more on the front kicks to hit the open side, um, which is why it's turning to the stomp kick and not those long rear uh, front kicks that he hit in the first fight. Mm-hmm. People fixate a lot on UL not doing anything in a lot of long stretches of this fight, but you also have to see how, how nice his defense is. Uh, his guard is super tight and responsive. Um, he's he's checked a couple of these kicks. Uh, he's pulled his leg back a couple of times, and uh, he's, he's taken nice little step, steps back and uh, played with his guard to make sure he's not getting hit clean by anything. So this is the beginning of a, what turns out to be a really interesting and, and effective game plan from Yoel, and you see how he took those hooks on, on the elbows. Yeah, Whitaker's trying to use the kicks to build into his punch entries. There's a left hook. Oh, yeah, there's the first counter. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, one of those things that uh, Yoel was doing throughout the fight, the left hook counter. Uh, Whitaker, for his part, he's trying to play the jab off the left hook, which is really tricky because Romero, is his guard is so tight. He had a lot more success when Romero charged him, as you saw there, he was able to intercept with the jab and angle yeah. off. But, um, yeah, Romero is getting issues with his conservatism, as he does with a lot of fighters, and Whitaker is better equipped to deal with it than a lot of fighters. Uh, you know, Adesanya, mostly. But uh, mm-hmm. it's tricky for him. He's not getting through the guard too often in this round. Yeah. And Newell's not necessarily doing it to shut him down. He's just doing it to make sure that he doesn't have to do as much. And, you know, it really takes the pressure off him. If Rob's going to keep leading, which of course he is, that's who he is, uh, he'll keep giving you stuff to look at. You just got to get used to what he's throwing and start to make some reads and, and figure out when you want to counter. And he already has done that once uh, in this fight with the big check hook. Um, so, you know, if Rob's bursting in, it's going to be there. Um, and he's got, you know, Newell's got a lot of length on his on his left hook. Yeah, you can already see Whitaker's game here. He's trying to counter with the jab, use the jab to get the high guard up and loop around it. Uh, he started mm-hmm. doing it with the overhand like uh, for a few seconds now. Um, Romero, he isn't as keen on the left hook. There it is, though. Mm-hmm. That was nice. He used the rear leg, the little Jones kick, uh, to enter in on the right hand. It's also worth noting how Whitaker's jab pretty much constantly takes his head offline or underneath. Mm-hmm. So, see, there Romero tried to enter with the jab, and as Whitaker countered, he was dipping with it. Yeah. And Rob's doing a great job get, sticking his jab through the middle of that high guard. Uh, and he's also doubling up with his lead hand, hooking around it to get it wide, then jabbing through and vice versa. Uh, really educated work from his lead hand. People underrate it for sure. Ooh, <laughs> there's another Almost. example of that proactive defense. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're all just doing a good job. making sure he's not taking any clean damage and his legs are huge. And I think he can just eat these kicks. Although later in the fight, they look like they really bother him, but not quite yet. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much impossible to hurt Yoel early in a fight. I don't know when the phase round knockout was, but, you know, either way, before the neck. I think Paulo Costa hurt him in the first round, but he also just kind of sat back and let him throw like this, and Costa's <laughs> like, okay, if you're going to have a high guard, I'm going to throw crazy shots to your body. <laughs> <laughs> so simplistic game plans can work depending on the opponent, but you have to be aware of what your opponent does and make sure that there's no major issue with that game plan. And there was something big that he neglected, I think. 
Um, but he adjusted within that fight to, to come back. So what, all this talk about Yoel having a great game plan and being smart, uh, people were like, what about the Costa fight? It's like, he figured it out. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic Romero third round. It's just one and two were tough. Um, mm -hmm. Whitaker, you saw him defend a kick earlier, check the kick and step in with the counter. Uh, you could see his um, defensive head movement earlier with the straight two, where his head sort of faded offline. He get the straight to get underneath the elbow. Mm -hmm. um, so, fun stuff. Here. His kicks look so heavy. Yeah. See, he just did that front snap. Oh, nice Ooh. from Rob jabbing in to get the high guard up and hooking the body. We we're talking about Costa, where Mer uh, Whitaker came up with a. Yeah. <laughs> there it is again. But Yoel, actually, uh, his kicking game looks pretty good. Uh, I think partially because he doesn't have to do too much because his legs are so heavy. Uh, every <laughs> kick looks super powerful, but he's using his lead leg a lot, which I think really, you know, if you're going to kick super hard anyway, use the faster kick. It's usually the lead leg kick, and plus, you know, with this whole distance management, you know, risk mitigation thing, I think lead leg kicking is smarter. Yeah, in a sense it is, but it's also tricky because uh, Whitaker's stance is a lot less equipped to deal with outside leg kicks than inside leg kicks. Yeah, that's true. So he could, you saw it uh, in the round, that Whitaker could just kind of pick his leg up and bend it back, and it mm -hmm. wouldn't really damage him that much. He could step right into the counter, where the outside leg kick will probably knock him off balance a little bit more. Yeah, I will say in that close stance matchup, that lead leg round kick to the body is like one of the most available options. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad to see that he's doing that. Um, just you should be hitting that just as often as any of your like southpaw double attack uh, tools when you're in an open stance matchup. So I think I feel like there's more talk in MMA about what to do in open stance than there is in closed stance, just because it's so much more like Obvious. hit him really hard yeah. centric. Yeah, but like besides jabbing, people don't really talk about. Um, like lead leg kicking and stuff like that, how useful it is in that, that stance matchup. Yeah, press in peace. All right, round so round two. two uh, what, what? Oof. Oh, counter the jab. <laughs> what do you think the major reads from that first round were? Uh, I mean, Whitaker in this round, he pretty much carries on what he did in the first round to a lot more success. Romero starts feeling the urgency a little bit more. Um, so draw the high guard, start doing some more things around it. But you can see right now, Romero's playing with the cross guard already. What are we going to do when this fight goes crazy? Are we going to try to break down what's happening or just react? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we could just see what comes naturally. Yeah. Wing it. But here's the cross guard. You can see how the, um, there it is. That's a perfect example. Uh, the mm -hmm. raised rear hand catches the left hook and he can get behind his shoulder for the rear hand. Punching down the middle probably makes a little, little bit more sense, but he can also parry it with that uh, rear hand. It's already in position to do that. Yeah. Ducks under that overhand. His, yeah, his, <laughs> Uh, I like how he kicked off the eggs there. He's like janky movement. Uh, he has pretty good reactions with it. it. You know, a very slow version of like Emmanuel Augustus with his upper upper body movement. <laughs> yeah, Whitaker's dealing with it well by attacking the legs and the body, which is what the cross guard kind of struggles more to protect. But that was nice. He hooked and then he uh, jabbed through the gap that it left in the high guard. Mm -hmm. So Romero's switching back and forth here so far, but he settles into the cross guard as the fight continues. Yeah, just offering like a really tight oh. form of defense. It's making Rob have to do more to get any hits in, and it's not just like he can hit Yoel for free. Everything has to be educated and set up, and he has to keep mixing up his entries, or he's going to leave himself open for a huge counter, which uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, like a second ago, you could see, right? Whitaker had to like enter in off the check with the left hook and then jab and then hit the body kick, and that was the only clean thing that he landed for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It takes a lot of Oof. work to get through. Nice lead Oof. uppercut. Ooh. And good hand fight by Yoel to uh, mitigate any damage that was going to happen in the pocket there. Yeah. 
enters in off the clinch. See, he's doing a lot of the left hook to jab, which is it's a lot mm-hmm. rarer than uh, jab to left hook because the ultimate attack is a little bit lower damaging. Nice jab. I think that's what broke the orbital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob is uh, jamming him up with that uh, lead leg snap kick to the body. That's one of his best shots. It was the rear leg, I think, a lot in the in the first fight, right? Yeah, it was because of the open stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're here, both doing a really good job touching off their high guards. Both of them are doing it. Yeah, here the kick is a little bit less versatile in terms of a setup because you can't like step in off it and, uh, and punch. Mm-hmm. But it's doing a lot of work as an intercepting shot. There's a nice intercepting knee from Yoel. I didn't yeah. notice that writing the article. counter kicking too. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, all the hand fighting when they when they come into the pocket, I think that's like something you miss because it, it looks so messy <laughs> once they get in there. But I mean, that's really helping both of them out because they're crashing into each other so often and the breaks are so dangerous. Ooh. Oh, nice. Almost hit him there. That's a really oh. good way to control uh, the action when you're a little out of position and unfocused. Yeah, that little weaving left hook from Rob is one of his best shots. He hit, I kind of glanced with it there, and we see it later in the fight. He uses it as a clinch entry. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's doing all this crazy stuff, but then when Rob actually jabs in, he just slips like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> see? Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. And he's kicking on the exit. He's doing a bunch of normal things, but acting yeah. like he's... But I guess the, the the hands outstretched is making him have to travel that distance. Oh. so that got through. Yeah. He has to travel that distance past the hands to jab. So he knows it's going to be something long and that's letting him slip. So I think it might actually be smarter than it looks. <laughs> yeah, there Whitaker able to jab past the cross guard, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. It goes without saying, Robert Whitaker, one of the most impressive cardio athletes in MMA history. Just the... the athleticism all everything he does requires with the pace oh, it doesn't make any sense that lead uppercut i think that was like mm-hmm. maybe the hardest singular punch that he landed in the fight mm-hmm. was the eye already closed up before yeah, that it was, or was closed that, up for the jab but mm-hmm. i think no rounders here shocked romero a little bit out of the clinch yeah robert whitaker blows me away yoel romero obviously uh just Super special, but Robert Whitaker, oh. I mean, it's it's insane that he does this. Yeah, you can even see there, right? Like, uh, Romero tries to punch off the kick, and I think he rode that right hand mm-hmm. right at the end. Like, he had to punch in combination off a kick and still not Oof. really land anything. The inside trip and onto the single, and Whitaker kicks out of it. Yeah, you can see why Romero kind of gave up wrestling early in this fight, because it was useless. Mm-hmm. Too hard. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's like a cat. <laughs> so, this is the round that I usually score a 10-8 for Whitaker if I'm watching. And I think... 10-8? Yeah. Round one. Man, I wish I I wish I had like been scoring it because I haven't really. It's been too much to behold That's from true. a action and technical oh, perspective. Nice. Have a hard time scoring it. I like how we'll Whitaker, get back to it. Yeah, Whitaker kind of steps in off the. Um, he did that twice at the end. Steps in off the low line sidekick to jab, where he's able to draw Romero's attention downward. Um, Romero isn't really reacting to the kicks like wildly, which makes it tougher mm-hmm. to build off them, right? Like if someone just steps in out of stance or anything, you can punch off the kicks and cause some trouble. Whitaker is having a little bit more exaggerated reactions, which means that Romero can find some success doing that, where Romero is super measured in pretty much everything he does. So that's the end of round two. Uh, yeah, round one, it's usually... I used to give round one the 10-8, but it, Whitaker didn't land quite as much as I used to think. Yeah, I think it was a, a Rob round, but it was pretty yeah. competitive, and he didn't land a ton. That round, he, he landed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> The head kick, well the jab, and uh, that big uppercut. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to hurt Romero, so like there needs to be some sort of limit on 
what you can do to him that he no sells before you give a 10 8. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm cool with that because we're going to be giving out more 10 8s than that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's also true. have fun doing that very simple math. But you know, if you if you if I've done the same math over and over again, then you add a couple different numbers into it that I'm used to. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's uh, the one where his leg really collapsed. Yeah, oh, and again, yeah, this is that's where Romero starts really ramping up those lead hand counters. Oof. Oh, tried to uppercut him. <laughs> Wild. Oh my god. Oh, Whitaker dipping in off the jab is so nice. Keeps him safe from that left hook over and over, but not. Oh there. yeah, cracks him coming out of the pocket. Yeah. See, because Whitaker expected the kick to sort of shove him away mm -hmm. like it did right there, but mm -hmm. uh, it didn't stop Romero and he just squared Huge up. Huge underhook uh, throw by there as he as he tries to clinch up with him. Y'all dropping the elbows from the side there. So every time that Rob adjusts, Yoel does not care. His hips do not move. He hits that Kimura trap counter. That's what he was doing against Brad Tavares. And I think uh, Brunson as well. So now they're in the Whitaker working off the underhook, or the overhook, mm -hmm. rather. Yoel's got that locked up. There's the inside trip, but the cage got in the way. Good, smart disengaging. It's going to go Polish throw. thought better of it. Looks like he reached for a front headlock there, but Whitaker oh, was a bit too oh, upright. Oh, oh, just left to nice uppercut repeatedly. Working, yeah, he's doing a nice job working around the, the high guard, drawing mm -hmm. it wide for uppercutting around it. Here's Take elbow, elbow over Rob's elbow attempt. <laughs> Rob landed that one clean. See how that he level changed in space there? Ooh. He didn't drive forward. He was just in, dropped where he was. Yeah. That's why that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, just Whitaker grabbed the overhook, got up with him, and hit him with that uh, diagonal mm -hmm. elbow. Romero's doing a nice job framing out. So crazy. <laughs> Because no Robert Whitaker is 100% still rocked, and he's like still hitting him with elbows and the brakes, and like surviving these positions and moving his head and making sure he doesn't get hit too hard. Yeah, that one flurry is like more versatile use of elbows than I've seen from like most MMA fighters. Okay, that is yeah. wild. He didn't even see the uppercut; he just turned his head. Did it while unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> just working off the frame, like he used the frame to obstruct some of Romero's flurry and just elbowed him mm -hmm. directly off it. Mm -hmm. And Romero hitting Here. the body, which is something he could probably be served more to do. There it is again, right off the frame. Yeah, I think Yoel is uh, conflicted because he knows he should probably be opening up right now, but he also knows he, he hurt him really badly already. He's winning the round, and that was tiring, <laughs> and he would also like to rest. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But now there's space. You got to get back to it. <laughs> Yeah, Whitaker's doing some punch and clutch stuff here where he's able mm -hmm. to hit the elbows and immediately clamp back down on that overhook. Um, obviously not really trying to take Romero down because, like, who would? But you know, getting to better positions so that Romero can't just frame out and mm -hmm. hit. Turns him around there. Need yeah, they both body. need a breather. Yeah. Nice. You all uh, jacked him up with those underhooks before he stood him around to make his base weak. Very smart. Trying to break off there. Oh. Yeah, punching under the guard. The the diagonal elbow there, too, Oof. where Romero had the wrist control and Whitaker just shocked him with it. He hit that little foot sweep to rear standing, but Whitaker peels the hands and gets out. He's getting right back to work, but his feet are still a little wobbly. Yeah. Oh, there it is again. See how that's, he weaves directly off the straight, ends mm -hmm. up with the left hook, kind of like the Formiga thing. Oh. He calls getting his jab going. Yeah. In the weirdest time to do it. Romero's... <laughs> Not really a jabber, but he had some hard ones here. But anyway, uh, earlier, uh, Whitaker was able to use the left hook to enter in on the clinch, which is something that uh, you've mentioned oh, for me. Those are getting through. Well. Yeah. This might be a 10-8 even with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Whitaker's not doing a great job mitigating all that damage just because his ring craft is so compromised. 
Still, his his reactive clinch entries. Oh, there he lands that. He's slipping these punches and and elbowing off the clinch entries and managing not to take these shots clean. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, his defense is a bit more handsy in this round, which makes sense Mm because he needs like kind of a tactile gauge of what Yoel's doing to really defend. His feet aren't under him. He can't. He can't do anything the way he wants to. Yeah. There's that rear standing position again. I think he's gonna kick that foot out and pull him back by the waist lock. Yeah, I mean that head kick might have saved. Maybe him it's from later round where he does I'm it. Completely sure. I don't know why he fell down there. To be honest with you. Maybe he just slipped because his feet aren't under him. Mm-hmm. Going two on one on that wrist and. He's gonna to kick the the, uh, the far leg, I believe. When he does do it, I'm not sure Whitaker if it's this round, in. but most people go for the <laughs> the near side leg like normal people. But if you can kick. <laughs> The leg out that hard, then why not? Fair enough. Because your weight's leaning all the way forward, so the yeah, you know, the further the base is, the better that, that you attack. It's a lot of pummeling here. Uh, nothing too crazy. Just you know, getting under hooks, flaring out the elbows. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Romero's pretty gassed. Yeah. Whenever you want to see when someone's trying to get their turn against the cage or something like that, just look at their elbow positioning. See how high the elbow is. Don't look at how deep the the underhook is. That makes sense. So, 10-8 for Yoel. I think if round two is a 10-8 for Rob, that's yeah. a 10-8 for Yoel. I mean, you kind of have to raise the question because Whitaker had a ton more offense in this round than Yoel did in round two. But Romero also had a ton more offense in this round than Whitaker did in round two. Yeah, I, don't know. I was reading the, uh, the Unified Rules recently. They do care about stuff like optics, like... They judge impact. Like, impact is one of the top criteria of what makes offense effective, and they judge stuff like facial damage and like wobbling and like you know your body reacting to stuff they, they judge that about impact so uh like Whitaker getting rocked all over the place they they definitely that's something they care a lot about um so that's i think why it's did do they all score to 10-8 i don't believe end? i don't know if anyone scored any oh my 10-8. god in the rules the way the yeah. rules are written that's like we know round five is definitely, definitely what it is 10-8 for you all there's no question about that uh-huh this one, I can see a little bit more leeway, but I'm not sure. I might score this a draw anyway. Um, I just give it to Whitaker because I like him more. And also, yeah, Romero missed weight. So it's round one, Whitaker. And just say, it's, it's let's just call it two rounds to one for Whitaker because the two 10-8s would cancel out. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, round four, Romero back to his usual ways. Whitaker fainting in behind a kick. And I think uh, it was between those two rounds. We don't have the volume on because we are talking to each other. But uh, Whitaker told his corner that his hand was busted. Uh, I believe it mm-hmm. was re- his rear hand because it wouldn't make any sense. sense if he was jabbing. Punching elbows. Yeah. Yoel's rock-solid head, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been one of the cross-guard connections, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's Whitaker kind of pressuring. Nice little sidekick. <laughs> so at this point, Yoel is like, on full let's do as little as possible mode Recovery but he's mode. still gonna have enough juice to throw a few counters in nice. there to make him go away yeah you could see there earlier how whitaker is able to faint the left hook out with the jab there he kind of drew it out and threw the um the lead leg head kick and he used that a bunch in this round i think it was because um in the last round romero was throwing the left hook pretty much anytime whitaker did anything with his lead leg so here if he did that then uh, he got punished with the, the head kick Whitaker still jabbing in, but uh, both guys are in decently bad shape here. Yeah, 
It was that 3-2 that, that rocked Whitaker initially in round three. So uh, if you're not jabbing 100% correctly, the check hook counter is, is often there off the jab. Uh, so I feel like that's why he's so hesitant with his jab now because that's he, he might have been – I think he was jabbing in and trying to exit when he got hit with it. But, you know, you could set the same combination. He just probably feels uneasy about it. Yeah, we also saw Romero start working with the um, the knee off the lead leg and the uppercut earlier in mm-hmm. two and three. So that might keep him from just dipping in with the jab the way that he was to defuse that left hook. But Romero's going to take a decent break here, I'd assume. Yeah. It'd be smart. He gets five minutes for this, right? Yeah. I don't know if he takes I... the whole thing, but probably a decent chunk. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes is almost too long of a break in this kind of environment. You don't want to lose your uh, yeah. your momentum or cool down at all. Yeah, I mean, there are fights where the break screws guys up more than the actual damage. Yeah. Like, um, Oliveira Tamer seemed to be one where Tamer just lost his groove completely after eye-poking Oliveira. Hmm. Uh, Romero I wonder how long this goes for. <laughs> he seems to be saying that he's fine now. Got to fix the shorts. Yeah. So was it that? Yeah, it was that front snap kick to the body? Yeah, Romero was like a little bit far, I think. It's the one problem with lead leg kicking is uh, when people move in on you, you're not all the way there because it's closer to the target. Yeah. Um, so if they move in on you and, and you don't get it up in time, then you, you hit low. Yeah. Speaking from experience. <laughs> Oh, yeah, see there, he tries that 3-2 counter off the jab entry. Yeah, Whitaker's behind his shoulder. His shoulders. He does that mm-hmm. a lot in this round, where he jabs in and just immediately gets behind his shoulder <laughs> instead of dipping down. <laughs> Five oh. jabs. <laughs> tries to walk him into the lead leg head kick, too, and just continues jabbing. Oh. His leg really, really yeah. went on that one. There have been a lot of pretty nasty connections with that lead leg kick so far. And he's stepping weird on it. Yeah. Romero tries to fire back, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Newell's face is completely swollen. Yeah, that jab really screwed him up, that uh, one in the second round. Oh, see, he That's snapped the uh, the jab out of his cross arm guard. Yeah, that was... He hadn't really like been doing that earlier, surprisingly. Seems to be an easier way to get out, uh, volume off. Mm-hmm. But... Almost like a backhand. Yeah, that intercepting front kick is doing a lot of work for Whitaker in this fight. And there he is behind his shoulders again. After jabbing in, just angles off, gets behind his lead shoulder for the right hand. Oh, that body shot counter was huge. Uh, yeah, Romero doesn't do body work as often as he should. I know, he should do it all the time. <laughs> um, like, considering that he's so often at a cardio disadvantage, especially here, you'd think that it'd be a, mm-hmm. a thing that he does. Most of his body work is like intentional level changing stuff to set up either takedowns or uh, you know, big strikes up top. Yeah, I remember he did that. He, he used to do that more often for takedowns earlier in his career, not much as often. But if you remember like the ankle pick where he throws the guy yeah. in the air, it was off situations like that. Yeah, I remember in, I think it was it was either his UFC debut or his second fight, might have been like the Marks fight. Um, he did a ton of body work to set up the overhand, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. not really doing all that much here. Whitaker doing a nice job framing off there to exit. Um, I think Yoel figured out that he can check the uh, the stomp kicks like a regular leg kick and, and show the knee. Yeah, that makes sense. What a, oh, there's a, a nice slip jab. Yeah. 
uh, Whitaker doing again a nice job building the um, the jab off the front kick. Left hook counter there a second ago was nice. Romero just kind of leapt in for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, there's the issue. Um, Whitaker tried to like step to an angle off getting Romero shelled up to an- to elbow him. Did it again there. Uh, didn't really work because he had to cover so much distance on the elbow, and Romero was still using that cross guard. And mm-hmm. we'll see later that Whitaker trying to shift into Romero's direction does not go very well. Uh, yeah, well, is jabbing so much more actively in this round than, than the you know entire fight before this. Like his entire career, except for yeah. like the um, the ending of the oh, Rockwell there fight. Is. Yeah, there's that same counter, but way less juice on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, still hit Whitaker pretty cleanly, but yeah, see it a couple times. Yeah, he's over oh, there's that left hook. Yeah. yeah. That so was, was the round close enough that like clearly wobbling him like like that could oh the any lands clean again there yeah the three twos giving him did, did any times. judges give you well this round I don't believe so and I'm not sure there's much of a case for it um, mm-hmm. Whitaker did a lot of body work which I'd expect judges to normally yeah. ignore but um, some of those I'm sure the volume wasn't that close but was it close enough that it's possible that if you if you think the shots are big enough that, that it could sway it I'm not going to but. No. Yeah, so we said, uh, you know, with the two 10-8s kind of canceling out, it was Whitaker up one round. Uh, before this one, I'd given that one, so I put him up two rounds. So if you give Yoel the 10-8 in the fifth round, It'd be the draw. Uh, that's where you get your draw. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't give um, Whitaker the 10-8 ten- the in the second round, because that's probably more debatable than the 10-8 in the third round, do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd say probably is just because it looks less like a 10-8, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, harder to convince people that it is one. <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably less competitive overall, but also, like, Romero did such a ton of damage in the third round. Yeah. Even Whitaker's, like, pretty decent amount of damage by the standards of a regular round didn't really look like much. Yeah. That 3-2 is... I don't know exactly why it worked so well in this fight. I think it's just, like, the selection mattered less than Romero's application of it past the kicks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know just timing and being super strong. But uh, here we go, round five, right? Yeah. I mean, UL does a ton of interesting stuff as a striker. I think he's a good, interesting striker, but he also probably would be better if he just, like, boxed like a normal person. <laughs> probably. Just threw combinations at him and, like, was a pressure fighter. But he wants to do things his way, and there's the 3-2 again. Yeah, at that time, again, it was off the kick. That's the same thing that uh, troubled Whitaker in round three, right? His kick mm-hmm. got caught up and... Romero's just right there on the counter. I think the check hooks is his go-to, and he's becoming so much more active with his lead hand, and he's jabbing to get his way in, and if he sees anything coming from Rob, he's just swinging, swinging his left hook, and if it connects, he follows up. I think it's that simple. Yeah, it's something where that might even explain the uh, the switch to orthodox, right? Normally, his southpaw, uh-huh. his left hand's going to be a little bit more versatile, but... Um, well, it's like he, an easier counter to throw than floating up on my rear hand. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice one there, though. Whitaker able to... Um, Check him with the left hook and pivot off, mm-hmm. and we see him there jabbing him up on the entry. So it's possible that he wanted to jab more in the first fight, but didn't anticipate some of the difficulties of the of the open stance matchup uh, with Rob in particular, and that's why he uh, that's he he wanted to have that option here. Yeah, I think both guys wanted to jab more in the first fight. Whitaker just mm-hmm. got his leg wrecked, and Romero yeah, wasn't particularly great at jabbing at that point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very weird because. Oh. Yeah. Snapping back with that one. Like, Romero, for being such a good jabber in certain situations, he only ever jabs in, like, certain spurts of a fight. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh. See how he shifts in? 
Um, that was ridiculous. Yeah, Whitaker tried to angle out after he ducked the left hand, and Romero just shifted back to. Um, back did to he double up with that hook. with that hook? Yeah, he did. It was kind of like oh, the um, Dustin Poirier Bobby Green one, if you remember, where not the mm-hmm. the ending, but one of the earlier knockdowns, where um, Bobby Green was like he shelled up for the uh, the left hand from southpaw. Poirier shifted and left hooked him from orthodox. It was pretty much the exact same thing. Whitaker's defensive reactions were just better in a conventional sense. Um, he tried to angle out past the um, past the left hand, but he thought it would be the left hook and not the left hand from southpaw. So then Romero just shifted and caught him on the the second one. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember how the rest of this round goes, but I believe he wrestles him. Um, it's either a draw or Yoel won. I feel like those are the two options. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think. I don't know whether two or three is the easier 10-8, honestly. Yeah, that's 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 definitely up for debate. Because there's, like, damage in round three versus, like, I guess, dominance in round two. Mm-hmm. And, and some damage in round two as well. Oh, big knee. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. just crazy durable. Like, you should not be able to take this shit. Mm-hmm. Did you see that double? He wasn't even, didn't even have his legs held. Like some of these takedown attempts, he's like attacks that well takes. I'm like, what are you even doing? Yeah, it's almost see, like he's trying to just destabilize him. And there picks it out the, the, the far leg on that one. Um, <laughs> and just drags yeah, him just, down with one arm, like Frankenstein. Sometimes when he's wrestling these fights, it's like he's not even trying to take people down. He's just like doing it. It's like, oh, did I get your legs? No, okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the kind of um, stuff that some judo guys do where they trip just to get advantageous cage position yeah i think gilbert burns does that a lot actually upper body and and in these rear standing positions and um you know front headlock situations and like you know planted in place single situations like a low single or an ankle pick he's good but like driving takedowns is really not his bag and i watched a lot of his freestyle footage and this is not what he did <laughs> so it's just like don't be surprised that he doesn't have that game so he goes for the um the other side people usually go for that that lead that, that lead side leg for for these types of mat returns but he is uh he is different yeah built different both these guys mm-hmm. just built super different so beat him up all over the cage you know rocked him really badly almost finished him and then rob just survives and, and gets grappled and controlled right yeah, this is the very obvious 10-8 of the fight and mm-hmm. the fact that it wasn't called a 10-8 is completely baffling to me um I think what a lot of people struggle with is Romero not doing much in the situation that's right here, like the separation, for instance. But also, it He's kept... Tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a scoring perspective, it really kept Whitaker from making up that lead, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was a pretty... Yeah. It's a completely dominant ground from Romero, even if that's the only thing he landed, and Whitaker landed pretty much nothing. Yeah. And if you're, like, normal MMA coaches, you think that round two was not a 10-8, because that's almost never scored a 10-8. Yeah. Um, but you think the one where you rocked him really bad and almost finished him twice, you think those are 10-8s, so you think you won. Um, so you say, don't do not do anything. You won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, Romero's never been, like, the most round-wingiest fighter. No. And that's the end of the fight. Yeah, I think, I think you could justify really any outcome. Um, it's a much... Because right after the fight, I thought it'd have to be draw or Yoel. After watching the first two rounds, I think... A Whitaker scorecard is justifiable, but I can't. You really... have to not give ten round three a ten eight, right? Yeah, that's a lot trickier. I think a Rob scorecard kind of takes a little bit more bias, which I definitely have. <laughs> um, I think draw draw is a fair a fair scorecard. Yeah, I think I'd probably lean draw here. It'd be what three ten eights plus 
Uh, 310H. 310H. Absolutely mad fun. <laughs> I don't know how, like, uh, is there, like, some sort of record for, like, 10H? I have no flight? idea. I mean, probably, like, Holloway Cater, but that was just one-sided. Um, You're right. Like, Gaethje Ferguson or something, but, like, fights that were actually close. <laughs> Madness. Absolute filth. Just trying to think about how hard Yoel was hitting him and also how clean and also hard Rob was hitting him and how they just, you know, just the simple fact that they both survived this somehow and were still productive the entire time pretty much um, is just the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. So this is, you know, after this fight, this is when Danny uh, wrote that middleweight meat grinder piece. Maybe it was after the Costa fight. I'm not sure. Um, or was it after Rob got? I, I forgot when it was. When it was but it was about how like, fight. yeah, it's like these guys are like action figures getting smashed up against each other until one of them falls apart. Um, this division is just getting cut short because like there's no way their athletic primes can survive through this. Yeah, well, I mean he went on to beat Izzy after this in my yeah. opinion. But <laughs> uh, the fight was weird, but I think he beat Izzy. Uh, Rob is doing really well right now after losing to Izzy, so I think. Uh, they, they somehow came out okay on the other side of it, or it's going to be delayed reaction. They're both going to fall to pieces in their next fights. I mean, either way, I think this fight probably took a couple months at the very least off Whitaker's prime. Um, mm-hmm. He's just still there because, as we've seen in this fight, and as we've said throughout this right. commentary, do let's hear what they say freak. on the scores. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 48-47 Romero, which I get. 48-47 Whitaker, which I think I also get. I mean... 48-47 Romero would require around 4 for Romero. It sounds like they... Yeah, I guess... I Actually, I'm not sure how they arrived there. Because uh, I can't do the math in my head quickly, but... Uh, wouldn't that mean they gave UL 3 rounds, not not a 10-8? Yeah. 48-47 is 3-2, to two, all 10-8. What round would they have given him? Uh, probably 4 off the late rock. So 3-4-5 Yeah, I guess Romero. so. But that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, great fight. Like, I feel like this was probably one of the less productive commentaries just because we were freaking out the whole time about how everything was going I super mean, well. We didn't promise anything. That's true. <laughs> That's why we do both the articles and this, just because when watching, yeah, exactly. by if definition, want, these are crazy fights. If you want a, a premeditated uh, you know, clinical breakdown, that's the article. If you want some analysis and a lot of reacting to stuff than <laughs> is what you get. Yeah, I mean, we did find some new reads here, so it was overall worthwhile. It's just tough to commentate a really great fight in a sensible way. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like Rob, something that's slower. Go ahead. Yeah, Rob just said that UL hits like a truck. It's, uh, <laughs> I know he looks, looks like weak. it. <laughs> it looks like he does. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, I, uh, that maybe uh, you know the loss to Izzy after this is what inspires Rob to uh, you know stop overtraining and try to you know take care of his body a little bit better, and um, it's what led to his uh, his resurgence. Can you even call it resurgence that he lost the title to our generational talent and then is on a three fight winning streak? Like it yeah, just seems it's normal. <laughs> like. It doesn't seem normal at middleweight just because they're always having fights like this and they're always going down the drain afterwards. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Whitaker is just Whitaker. Adesanya is a tough matchup, and I don't think I'd 
pick Whitaker in a rematch either, like even as good as he's looking now. Like I really want to. I was ready to pick him at, like immediately after the first fight just on hope. I'm going to do it no matter what. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably try to will it, in, will it into existence. It's just that's a right. thing that I do. But it also doesn't really work that often, so that's a thing. Um, Works for me. Yeah. The uh, one time I've done it. <laughs> I've done it before. I think I did it with... Uh, I don't remember. It's failed more often than it succeeded. <laughs> but uh, it worked like for it me. Has to be, it has to be an upset if, if you willed it. So, like, uh, well, was Usman with the an upset? Technically, but not really. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think Usman was like a plus one forty-ish or something. Like you can say you willed that, but and by willed it, I mean perfectly described <laughs> what was going to happen, and then it happened. I think I willed Munoz Garbrandt into existence on the same card too. That's good too. That's good stuff. I wish I'd um, save it for another fight. But yeah, this was this was the commentary. Uh, I had fun. Yeah, this was great. And definitely go read the article, and then go read the article and watch the video and listen to the commentary for uh, Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje. And then next week, uh, hopefully Monday, there'll be another article and another video sometime later on another fight. And then we'll do it again. And then we'll do it again. So three, three more fights, I'm six more pieces it. of content for this series. And then we're going to tell you what our next goal is. And we're going to do another top five for something else. It's very exciting. And we're going to do it again. And again and again. So that you guys keep giving plan. us your money. That's the business model. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I think it's a good plan. Unlike Endeavor, we can't exactly do an IPO because we have too many scruples. But, um, yeah. Don't know what that means. Scruples. It's mm -hmm. We are too moral. So when you're unscrupulous, it's because you don't have morals? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I didn't make the connection between that word and, and your word. It's fairly rare. I tend to do things <laughs> that way. I'm a hipster with words. That's why my titles are always so good. Yeah, what's do you know, tell tell the people we talked about in the podcast. I know I know you're like a you're not a, a performer, but That's true. What was the title for this this article? It was uh, Sowing and Reaping Robert Whitaker versus Yal Romero 2. Listen to that. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, I, I don't think that your title of your last article before this one about Robert Whitaker uh, was bad, but it wasn't received well. And it I think this one, at least, at least nobody said anything bad or weird about this well, title. <laughs> I mean, that one also got attention because of the title, which makes sense. Like, I feel like that's mm -hmm. another route to go with titles where you can just make them really silly and it works out. I know uh, there's some title in the works now that reminds me of that but uh, you'll probably mm. see it soonish uh unless we can convince him to change it yeah that one's probably we'll worse out. than the one that i had because mine made sense but yeah i mean this one doesn't not make sense but just it's so obvious that you shouldn't do it um <laughs> it's kind of like we'll uno anjos but like worse it sounds worse <laughs> but that's worth it for the joke <laughs> all right we're venturing into Podcast delirium territory yeah <laughs> uh so <laughs> thank you for listening us subscribe to patreon if you haven't already and uh yeah stay tuned for lots of other types of content if you liked the scoring discussion on the rules and stuff like that you'll love my new series bad calls it was going to be called robbery review but it turns out 
Alexander K. Lee from MMA Fighting, who I play Among Us with on Tuesdays. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Alexander K. Lee. He does the same series on MMA Fighting, and it's called Robbery Review. I haven't read any of it yet. I think it's articles, but you should read those and tell me if he's worse at scoring fights than I am because I want the ego boost. Yeah, this could actually double as an episode of that, right? People thought this one was pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. It's like we didn't explicitly score it the whole time, but yeah. we were keeping track of the of the rounds. Like in the the ones that I do for the series, it's like I, I talk about basically every single thing that happens and it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, especially for this fight, because like for me, it's like when I do an article, chopping everything into tiny little pieces kind of takes the magic out of it usually, but not for this fight. So, uh huh. It was good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, do you, are you ready to sign off? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Go sign up and give us money. Uh, three, two, one.